welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Uh, for those of you who are brand new, thank you for joining us. If you are joining us again, uh, we appreciate your time. We will try to make sure we use it wisely. Again, today, I have my brother Jason with us, and he has uh, he's, he's exploring something. And uh, we actually got started on this a tiny bit before we hit record. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. We got to hit this in the podcast because it's really interesting, uh, the path that we were getting ready to venture down. And I want it to happen lifetime just for you the audience so thank you for joining us let's get rolling jason what was what was it that was coming up for you so i was looking and reading a little bit about narcissism because i think the the world we exist in right now is it feels highly narcissistic everyone's looking for that that validation and and so i started reading a little bit about it some articles that were just uh, talking about narcissism. And then I went to straight to the source, um, to the DSM five to figure out, you know, how it's defined and how it's categorized and then some information on a little bit of the history. Anyway, uh, I, what I kind of discovered, and again, there's only about four or five sources that I've looked at right now is that, NPD, narcissistic personality dis- disorder, is only recently something that it is getting any notice. Uh, historically, it's been one of the least diagnosed things in the world of psychology. Obviously, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like historically it's been categorized in the form of anxiety or depression as opposed to NPD. Uh, and now it's kind of separating out from that. So that's kind of where I'm at. And the reason it's important to me is I just, it doesn't, it's very unhealthy and it seems like it's starting younger and younger. Uh, whereas what, like when we were kids, uh, we didn't need the validation or we didn't feel like we did in a grander scale, we might've all felt it in a local scale. So like we needed to be validated at school or whatever, but our group of five friends or 25 classmates, that kind of thing. Um, But it didn't grow to the level where now kids that are 12 years old are posting things on social media. And if they don't get 1500 likes within 60 minutes, then their post failed, they delete it. And then they try to figure out how to up it so that they can get to that level and and i'm like i don't i don't understand that world it seems ridiculous and asinine to me but i went i tried to find the source and it seems like npd is where it's at so mm-hmm. go what do you got okay so let's start with the first thing that you brought up which is the 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 frequency of diagnosing any particular disorder uh, of any kind so you know npd uh in, in narcissistic personality disorder is um, we're, we're talking about identity disorders, right? We're talking about, there's this whole category. It falls within that are personality disorders. Well, historically personality disorders are the most, uh, severe of the disorders because 
they come with all these negative cultural connotations, right? You got like borderline, bipolar, narcissism, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole range of disorders within that category, but they're considered identity disorders, which means, uh, they're the most difficult to adjust or they can't adjust. Like you, we, we, we can't solve them. We can only limit them and their impact. So diagnostically, one of the things that a, a, a good, in my opinion, a good therapist will do is they, we, we are really careful about what we diagnose so that we don't leave somebody with a lasting stigma that will impact their life negatively in the big picture. For instance, if I do a personality disorder and then somebody wants to go in the military, let's say, yeah, that's almost a no-go every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it cha- it literally could change their life if I put that stigma on them, mm-hmm. even if it's right or if it's wrong. If I with withdrew that that diagnosis, it could still create that negative impact. So as part of our do no harm, sometimes one of the things that we do is we look at the diagnoses and we say, do I really want to put that on them? Or is there another diagnosis, a dual diagnosis, something else I can diagnose as so that I can still treat the narcissism or the borderline until I find that there is no other explanation. Mm-hmm. And so I would always default to the lesser of the diagnoses, uh, always, because that's good clinical work. I, I default to it. Now, that doesn't mean that I neglect my my opinion and my thoughts it's can i treat the narcissism Mm -hmm. through the lens of another diagnosis that doesn't have that same stigma because if i can then that's that's a smarter move for the client's sake does that make sense it does so why would it now kind of start increasing why why is that a trend uh because more and more we are getting to the point where we cannot ignore the reality of it. So, so, so you're wait. So the community of psychologists is waking up saying, maybe we need to ramp this up a little bit so that we can maybe get better research and better diagnoses and start seeking out possible treatments that we've maybe ignored for a while. I would say, yes, that's pretty accurate. Uh, I, I would say that more and more, well, well, I think part of the issue is the narcissism is, is like what you were describing about you know, social media. It is, it's increasing culturally. So what was a very small fraction that we could, we could navigate through other diagnoses now it's becoming a larger chunk where, okay, so there's, there's really like this, this 5% or three to 5% threshold that we seem to encounter. If a diagnosis stays under 3%, uh, we, we can, we can be, uh, more, uh, careful about how we approach it because it's just not infecting very many people. Mm-hmm. And so we can be gentler. We can be more strategic. We can, you know, we can do what I said. Mm-hmm. When it starts getting over that 3% and is approaching that 4 and 5% mark, we have more of a pandemic-like effect 
we can't treat it as gently because it's spreading too fast at a cultural level. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So when back in May, when I did a, a podcast specifically on narcissism, I said, treat it like it's an organism of its own. It is its own, like, and I said cancer because cancer is an easy way to look at things because we all know how cancer impacts mm-hmm. the body, impacts a family, impacts, you know, our culture. It's, it's just not good, mm-hmm. right? And if we treat it like an organism of its own, then the questions become, well, how does it start? What does it eat? What does it breathe? What does it drink? How do we, uh, what's the antidote? We start looking at it like that really sciencey stuff, right? We start mm-hmm. asking those sciencey questions. I think with narcissism, we're at the point where we have to look at it like it's a living organism of its own. Okay. Um, so let me give you kind of the original way that I got to this because I didn't actually go straight to this. What I did was I, I finished up my doctorate. Right. And, and so a question I kept getting is like, do we call you doctor or do, you know, are you going to put doctor on all your stuff? And I, I keep saying, no, I don't care. I don't give a crap. Right. Like, yeah, it's a big deal sort of, but it's not that big a deal. It's just a thing I did that, you know, I learned a little bit about and, you know, I can move on and I could make it a huge deal, but I was like, I don't care because it's a title. It's a, what do they call it? It's a credential, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've got a a master's degree. I don't put that on everything. I got a doctorate degree. I'm not going to put that on everything. I was a captain and a sergeant, you know, and I, am I going to put all this stuff? I'm like, no, I have all these titles. And, and I was like, that just seems narcissistic. It just, it's what it feels like. It's like, I'm looking to put this stuff out there so that people can say, oh, wow, you're a big deal. Mm, Yeah, I'm a big deal, but I'm a big deal to the people that I need to be a big deal for. I don't need to be a big deal to everyone I send an email to. Yeah. Okay. So that's, and then I routed myself into this and I was like, okay, what does it mean? Like, why do I, anyway, and that's how I got into it. No, that's interesting. Uh, I, I'm I'm the same way. I when uh, I, I just uh, set up uh, an interview with somebody in a, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be doing one, and they said, "Well, what is your title and what are your credentials and all that stuff?" and And I put that stuff in there because they ask. But at the end of the day, when you know when they say, "Well, are you uh, an LCPC? Are you an MA? Are you a?" I'm like, "Yeah, I, I mean, I have those things." But I am not those things. It comes back to uh, something that, you know, I tell, I actually tell clients this when I meet them on my first day. Uh, I have a degree. I have a license. I'm supposed to prominently display my license. It, I'm going to give something away. It's here. I got it. I got my yeah. license. Uh, I prominently display it on my desk, right where I can grab it and show it to a client and then put it back. Yeah. It's prominently displayed. Now, some people say, well, you're supposed to frame that. You're supposed to put that mm-hmm. on. You know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no. Now, if, if, uh, uh, if I were to be audited, and I, this is like, I'm giving away a lot here. If I were to be audited, they would say, is it prominently displayed? I would say, 
I show it to every single client. Yeah. Every single one. And yes, I can show them where I keep it. Is it prominently? My clients can see it every single time they're in here. They can see a side view of it. Yeah. It's there. They know exactly what that piece of paper is. Right. And then I tell them, I say, hey, look, this, this actually is something interesting because I'm super relational in my, my counseling approach. I say, this is, this is actually interesting. You don't see my degree up on the wall. I have it. I have it here. I could go get it and show it to them. Mm-hmm. And almost nobody ever asks, but if they do, I, I literally, I go grab it. it. It takes me like 10 seconds to go grab it. Mm-hmm. It's, but it comes back to something that grandpa taught me. And I'm, I'm assuming taught you along the way, because w- w- why we would have the same approach, probably the same thing. It's probably grandpa. Mm-hmm. Grandpa said to me, he says, he, you know, he, he, one day he goes, he goes, you get your education. I remember him saying, get your education. And I was like, okay, grandpa, like, what am I going to say to grandpa? No, yeah, of course right. I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to get my education. So I did. And then he said something along the lines of, but remember, it doesn't mean a damn thing. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Well, now I totally get it. At the time, I'm like, then why get it? it you know, it's just wrong. And like, yeah. it, it's, and I didn't, you know, I was, you know, grandpa was kind of a, an intimidating guy sometimes. And so I was just like, huh, I think I'm going to have to think about that one because I don't even know what question to ask. Right. right. Like, you know, what do I say? Uh, well, then why does it matter if I get an education if it doesn't matter? Yeah. Um, and ultimately what I landed on was this anti-narcissism tendency that I have, mm-hmm. which is that piece of paper opens doors. It doesn't solve people's problems. Yeah. Right. If I put that degree up on the wall, my clients aren't better because of that. Mm-hmm. They're not safer because of that. They're not going to heal because of that. Right. They heal because my stupid butt shows up and I apply what I learned from earning that. Mm-hmm. That's what helps them heal. Mm-hmm. It's not the paper. It's me. So that paper is simply there to open certain doors. So when to use the credentials for me, only if it opens a door. If it doesn't open a specific, I don't need it to be there to show people that I can open doors. It's when I need it to open a specific door. When I need a seat at the table at the, you know, the, 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 I don't know, the city council meeting, Mm -hmm. you know, then I use it to open the door. But unfortunately, what I've found is in our culture, we're using it for me. I have to use it to open certain doors because it's filled with people who display their degree and display their credentials as a way of saying, do you want to be like us? That's the only time that I need it. I don't need it with, with other people who understand its limitations. Yeah, I yeah, need yeah. it with people who put it on their wall and say, see, look at me. That's the only people that I need it with. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I, about five or six years ago, I started like rewriting my resume and, and, uh, I, I came to the conclusion and the best resumes I ever read follow this as well. It, it should be like a little section of what I've done and a big section of what I can do. And, and, and it should be tailored to somewhat to the position you're trying to, 
to get in a way it's, it's can't, I can do this for you. I can do this for you. I can do this for you. I can, and I can do all this because this is what I've done. And that, that this is what I've done should just have like, I, I did, you know, whatever and got a degree. I did whatever, got a degree and I served in this position and this position, but I learned all of this because of this. And, and I'm like, that's, that's the best way I think to write, because you can say I've been in a leadership position, but how did you lead? Yeah. What did you do that? It yeah. doesn't, right? Like there's, there's the, the title of leadership and then there's the actual leadership. And, and yeah. so I can say I was a, a captain in the Marines and, and great, but did your troops want to follow you? Did they understand your orders? Were they clear? Did they make sense? You know, that kind of thing. And so it's, it's what can I do? And this is what I've done. And anyway, so that's kind of how I got into, to looking up this whole narcissistic thing. And, and then to caveat, the other reason why is, is because I'm, I'm just concerned with the kids and I'm not talking about just my own kids. It's, it's the world that they're going to come up in. And so it's all the young people around them. Um, they're not cognitively developed enough to understand the pressures they're putting themselves under while seeking something that they also don't understand and how that is morphing their brains to function all before the age of 25. And, and I think as far as the downward spiral, the spiral that we've seen within the community of young people. And you can take that for however you want to take it because it can mean a lot of different things. I think we've only scratched the surface of the downward spiral. Like I think it's going to accelerate more because it's, it's going to right now, the kids that are our kids age have never existed in a world like now, which our parents probably said when it came to TV but the TV didn't give us feedback. The world they exist now is giving them immediate feedback. We had to earn that feedback because we could observe things on TV, but it didn't talk back to us. We just saw yeah. it. It was passive. Now it's, pa- it's active. And so that feedback, I think, is worse than what we experienced. And, and so I don't, so Ooh. let me leave this with, a question that you can maybe answer quickly or, or ask a better question after. And that is how do we work in this world to help better them when we don't understand it and they can't understand it? What do we do? Yeah, that's a good question. Okay. So this is a matter of, of, okay. So the feedback loop that you were talking about is a really good starting spot for this particular question that you came up with. The number one thing we got to do is be aware ourselves as adults, Mm -hmm. right? Right now, what we're dealing with is adults who are unaware. That's why it's becoming pandemic like in its, in its nature. It's not because of the children that it's becoming that way. It's because of the adults. There is this issue between, okay. So the, the very beginning of diagnosing narcissism is this idea, this concept of grandiosity or self-importance. 
Well, that begins with a need to belong. Well, how do we measure our need to belong? How do we measure our success at being part of the tribe, the group, the whatever? How do we measure the success of that? We have adults running around saying it's, I have a million followers. They're teaching the children that the success, the fitting in part is I have a million followers. Mm-hmm. But if you ask somebody who has a million or more followers, was it, you know, is that success? They go, no, that's work. That's hard to maintain. It's hard to get, but it's harder to maintain. Mm. Yeah. And so the people who should be the most narcissistic are now starting to learn, holy crap, I should be the least narcissistic. And so you get this top end that's talking to this bottom end. The bottom end is saying, I want what you got. And the top end is saying, no, you don't. Hmm. And so you end up with this cultural friction point. How do we fix it? We talk about what it really means to have a million followers. And what it means is it doesn't mean I fit in more. It means I'm actually subjected to the movements of the mass at a greater level. I I actually am, you know, they may look at me like I'm the leader, but this goes back to your leadership followership thing. But turns out that I only lead if I tell the masses what they want to hear. Which means you're the follower. That means I'm the follower. Yeah. That's what it means to have success in this model. Is to be the ultimate follower. Is to be the ultimate follower. Well, what do we do different here at Healthy Perspectives? You know, I can tell you, like it says it on the sign. We, We look at it for what it really is. Good leadership is a servant leader. Somebody who is helping the others go in the direction that they ought to be going. Well, that means they have foresight. They have the ability to see things. It's like you were talking in your resume example. Mm-hmm. It's like, these are the things I can do because I've, I've, I've done them. Yes, I've done them as a small segment, but what I can do is help people see truth and clarity and perspective in a way that's different than everybody else does it. Yeah. Well, what does it mean? It means I don't have millions of followers. Why? Because people don't want to hear what I have to say. They don't want to hear y'all suck sometimes, <laughs> right? Like I have my, you're the problem segment. They, they don't want to hear empathize. They want to hear, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Yeah. So it's like this, it's, it's laziness and passiveness and What's the easiest thing to do? Just point me downhill and I'll go downhill, but don't, don't point me uphill. Cause I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, if you have a million followers, it doesn't mean you're the leader. It just means that you're running downhill the fastest. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yes. And where this comes into play from my vantage point, is the facade 
Yeah. We have to get rid of the facade or, you know, in the therapy world, we sometimes talk about masks we wear, right? We got to get rid of the mask. What does it mean to be a social media icon? It doesn't mean that you have it all figured out. We got to do that. That's a delusion of everybody trying to get to the front of the line. Yeah. It's not reality. Reality is, is when we, when we say, look, I am at the front of the line and I can see the turmoil coming. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't want to go this way. Stop. Here is why. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, one of the, here, we'll finish off here, but one of the, one of the coolest quotes that I've heard in a movie or TV show recently is, uh, and it's a quote, all, all, both my girls can say, and that is, it's a quote from Wednesday. It's a weird, yeah. <clears throat> weird yeah. show, but it's, it's, uh, what is so like, you're not on social media. And she says, no, I'm not on social media, uh, because social media is a soul sucking void of meaningless affirmation. And I really like that quote. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's a great quote. Super, super direct and super simple. And it says everything in it. And I just, I love it. Anyway, we'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great wrap. So thank you so much for joining us. I I hope, I hope this was helpful to all of you out there in the podcast world. Uh, You know, obviously this conversation could go on for hours and we've got some timelines around here. So for today, we're going to wrap up right here. I appreciate your time. Come back, listen to the further conversation as we create it. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.